1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member
0: FDIC. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence.
2: Take a toll and be harmful I've seen what it can do when I got both of my arms full But still continue to pile more on my back though I learned at a young age If you wanna do something impactful Then you gotta be willing to sacrifice Fight and really go after it With everything that you have Cause if you don't, it ain't never gonna happen Listen Gotta prevail, gotta excel Think I hit my peak? No I just started climbing a hill Kill or be killed Well, if that's the way that you feel I hope you know you about to get Conversations with the Lord should be every day Reconnecting with my car, get my head on straight Praying on my downfall, let her Pray, resume, check the resume Second the pace, I don't hesitate, yeah Just get it done, let me demonstrate Demonstrate, demonstrate Let it soak in, let it resonate Blood, sweat, and tears on the 808s See I'm praying on my downfall
0: oh.
1: Welcome back to Coast to Coast. Uh, Today, it is just me and a couple of friends. Uh, I'm your host tonight, 2 K. This is going to be the installment of Rumblings from the Herd. Uh, It's a segment that um, we're creating to give a voice to the individual fan of the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm sure there are many people out that, you know, when you hear this, you'll listen to some of these fans perspective and maybe it resonates with you and maybe it doesn't if it doesn't resonate then you know that's fine and maybe you know reach out to me or via social media we can have you on as well and you can share your own um uh, oh there we go and now uh, you can share your own opinion and um you know we can add that to the to the voice to the voices that will be heard uh through this uh through this segment um, tonight I'm joined by uh, Randy Harden, I'm joined by Donna Fazio and uh, uh, the addition who I thought wasn't going to be here, Chris, it's always your own people, it's always your own people. Uh, Chris is here, uh, He Chris had been bugging me, and bugging me, and bugging me, and said, man, you know, like, I like what you're doing, bro, like, you gotta get me on the show, you gotta get me on the show, so I said, alright, you know. When, when this segment came up, Chris was one of the first people I asked him, and, uh Then he hit me with like, yo, I ain't going to be able to make it tonight, bro. And now he's here. So uh, <laughs> welcome. Welcome, Chris. Uh, Donna. Up, this is Randy. This is Chris. Chris is Randy and Donna. Uh, Randy, Chris, and, and Donna.
3: Um, nice to meet you. I don't
2: know. Nice to meet you.
1: Yeah. So Donna, have you and Randy interacted
0: at all uh, via Twitter?
3: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Have we, Randy? I'm Lego on Twitter. Oh,
0: okay. um, I think in the spaces a while, maybe once or twice, but sure. maybe, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, you know,
3: that's okay. We're interacting yes. today.
0: I think so, but yeah. Okay. Um. So while
1: while we got this going, um, I'm going to, uh give each one of you an opportunity to introduce yourself to to whoever listens. It, it could be three people. It could be 300. We don't know, but, um, you know, Randy, you, you know, would you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure, man. Um, lifelong bills fan grew up in Western New York. Uh, I've been living in the South for like 30 years now, so I don't get back uh, very often. Um, but keep up with the team. Uh, stuck with them through thick and thin uh now we're in the the best position we've been in, in a long time and it's a lot of fun so i'm glad to be here and uh excited to talk
3: about it awesome 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 uh
1: donna, donna the floor is
3: yours man okay my name is donna and i am also a lifelong bills fan i was born and raised in buffalo uh lived in orchard park most of my life home of the buffalo bills as you guys know And uh, when I got married, I moved to California, but never uh, gave up on my love for the Bills, and have been an avid follower of the team since really as long as I can remember. Awesome, okay,
2: thank you, Chris,
1: Florida, my
2: brother. I'm another one from my name is Chris from New Jersey. Been a Bills fan since I was a, you know. Yes, since Bruce Smith been there, I was nothing in high school. He was always my favorite player. I played his position for a little bit, but I've been a Bills fan. I cried at all four Super Bowls. I'm going to admit that I cried all four Super Bowls. I'm a big Bills fan and I love my team to death. And I even got them tattooed on me. So I'm a real Bills fan. Yeah,
1: he, he ain't lying, y'all. He's not lying. Um Chris and I, Chris and I uh got connected uh, through uh, a good brother named Al. He was running the uh Essex County Buffalo Bills backers. And uh since um uh since then Al has uh, relocated to Florida so the Essex County chapter of the Bills backers has kind of fallen fallen by the wayside. I've tried many times to uh entice people to come out uh so far, you know, no takers, but um, uh, you know, the I, I'm gonna continue to uh to push and see if we can we can relive what uh if we can get going, with Al starter again. Uh I know Randy and Donna through uh Twitter, through my uh, through my uh navigation, through that social media platform. Um they've seen me uh, at my best and at my worst, <laughs> uh, or that app which can bring out the best and the worst in probably everybody. But, um, one thing that does connect us is, uh, our love for the Buffalo Bills. And with that being said, you know, you listen to, um, what each one of them say about, you know, being a lifelong Bills fan, and, and uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is loyalty. And, um, then after that you kind of hear the pain, right? Like I mean when you when you have a team that had, that missed the playoffs for 17 years, went to four Super Bowls and did not get one Super Bowl trophy, uh to still remain a Buffalo Bills fan is uh it's a trial in its in its own right. So um with that being said in the position that we are in, Randy the 2023 season so far uh, if you had to sum it up in a sentence or a feeling or an expression, what would what would it be?
0: Um, I think for a large part of the season it was underwhelming, um, and then this last you know quarter it really picked up and got you excited again. Um, but there was, I mean, there was a minute there where it's like, man, what are we doing? Um, so it, it's interesting to to see where the team is going into the playoffs. I think they're in a great space. It's not a space that I thought they would be in uh, when we were sitting there at six and six. So I'm excited for the playoffs, man. I think that they got an amazing draw if they can take advantage of it.
1: Oh, agree. Agree. This, this path is, uh, you know what, you know what I love about the, the path that, that's laid out in front of us? I, I I, I'm, I mean, I, I played sports and stuff like that growing up, and I've always been competitive, but this is not one of those years where if Buffalo were, let's say, let's let's dream a little, right, and say Buffalo wins the Super Bowl this year. There is no way that anybody can say the Buffalo Bills got they, oh, they, got, they got it easy, right? They, they, This isn't really, this isn't one that they really earned, because no, we would have to go through Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or both or one of the best defenses in the league with the, in, in the Cleveland Browns or one of the hottest young uh, prodigies at QB in C.J. Stroud. There is no easy path to this AFC. And then on the other side, you're looking at potentially a San Francisco, which is a – you know, top five off, top three offense, top three defense. Um, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, a, a roster littered with all pros, a roster littered with uh, talent on both sides of the football. They're so talented that their first pick in the draft last year was a kicker. Like that's how talented they are. Their, their first selection was a kicker. So um, this, you 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 know, Buffalo would earn it. This is the year Buffalo earns it, right? Uh, Donna, you and I have uh, been in spaces together heavy for like the last, I want to say at least six months. Um, Same question to you. If you had to, somebody said, you know, describe to me in 10 years or somebody said, hey, can you tell me what the 2023 season was like for the Buffalo Bills? How would you describe it?
3: Yeah, for for me, it would be resiliency would be the first word that comes to mind. Um, You know, the way the year went, our depth was stressed all year long from like week three, where within a period of what? Eight days, we lost Trey White, Matt Milano and Daquan Jones. We had to adjust our defense um, and, and people needed to step up up until really the, the last game of the season where in a span of 25 minutes in that Miami game, we had lost uh, Rasul, uh, Gabe went down, Dion had to come out for a while and, uh, Dotson. So uh, the, the, the unsung hero really of the season, as I look back on it, having just finished the, the, you know, week 18 is Brandon Bean because where would we be really if he hadn't made the moves he had, if he hadn't been successful in the past two drafts, um, if he hadn't, uh, done what he had done in free agency, uh, what he did at the trade deadline really is why we are where we are to me at this point going into the playoffs and and the honorable mentions to me, I guess would be our position coaches because they had to develop and get those players ready. Those depth depth players ready to, um, you know, play when their number was called and they did. And we saw that in Miami game. So to me, it's more so than the players and their will to live, although I, th- or will to win, which I think is super important and it, it really indicative of this season. I think Brandon Bean and the position coaches are the heroes of the twenty twenty three season, and no one will probably remember that in ten years.
1: Well, well, we don't have a choice now. We, I mean, it's it's now it's uh, memorialized by you. You spoke so eloquently about it. Um, guys like Bobby Babbage. To uh, yep. the uh, linebacker coach, well, Junior. Uh, junior is uh, uh, our uh, uh, offensive line coach. I'm, I'm drawing the blank right now, and I really shouldn't be. Kramer. He's also he yeah, Aaron Cromer. Um, just what he was able to do with a guy like Spencer Brown. Right, we take a small school kid a couple of years ago in the third round. Um, one look at this guy, you're looking at 6'8, 330 pounds. Mm-hmm. He looks like he has 0% body fat. The dude looks like a giant. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he looks like he should be a wrestler or you know in the WWE. And you know, year one, you see, you know, he's forced to play because of once again, injuries and poor performance from um other guys that that, that we had taken forward and things like that. So um they give him a shot. His rookie year. He, really good run block, a good run blocker, kind of sloppy in pass protection, but um mm-hmm. yeah, he was solid in year one. Year two, absolute disaster. Back injury, uh, he'd been dealing with that all year. And year three, like this kid, <laughs> you know, I mean we, we came into the season, right? Looking at um Spencer Brown as what uh the weakest link on the offensive line. And yes, now, like, when we talk about the problem, yeah, right, right. And, and, and now when we talk about um, the offensive line and the weaknesses, we never mention him. Like, I don't mention him at all as a weakness. I just look at it and say, you know, he's he, like, this is our guy. I mean, we're good to put it in... Right. right exactly. Um, and to put it into different terms that, you know, maybe some of the younger fans will uh understand. Um when I bought Mad when I bought it uh Madden for my uh Xbox and the initial roster, Spencer Brown was a sixty nine overall. Spencer Brown is now a seventy eight. Do you like that nine overall points? In, yeah. uh, that's a huge swing in one year for the for uh a player on Madden. So um
0: and when I you- remember I mean you remember back during the draft time we talked extensively about we gotta replace Spencer Brown. We yeah. gotta replace Spencer Brown because he's an absolute I was on
2: that same boat.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I think I think most people were like, man, if that back injury wasn't the reason he sucked last year, we gotta move on from this guy because he's gonna he's mm-hmm. gonna get Josh killed. And that's the yeah, last yeah. year. You know, and this year, I mean it's he's To say that he's been a revelation out there at right tackle would be kind of an understatement. I mean, he's been fantastic. Deion Dawkins has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's been an amazing turnaround for the entire O-line, but especially Spencer Brown. It's been really cool to see, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They're playing –
1: I I remember those conversations, Randy. We talked about uh, Bradford Jones. We talked about – uh the kid that Dewan Jones that went to uh to to Cleveland. Ohio State
0: Cleveland, yeah.
1: Yes, we talked about a bunch of guys that, that we um, uh Carter Warren the the, the the right tackle from Pitt that that plays for the Jets now. Uh, we talked about all these guys potential replacements and they stuck with him. So yeah hats off to the coaches. Um Donna, good on you on bringing up the positional coaches because those guys never get mentioned right It's rare that anybody talks about
3: them. So that's right; um, they never get the credit. But this year, we saw that we really needed them. And I'll tell you
0: another one that's kind of that's come up the last couple weeks that some people have mentioned. And I remember specifically in preseason, Terrell Dodson. I mean, you're talking about a guy that in the preseason, everybody was like, "Man, this guy better not have to play. This guy better (laughs) not play." Yes, he looks. And
3: (laughs) I owe him an apology.
0: When Milano goes down and Dotson steps in, it's like, who is this Who is this guy that's playing right now? Because I don't recognize him. You know? I mean, right. it, that's another one. And he's on a one-year you – know, he's on, like, a one-year deal. He's going to be a pending free agent. And he's just coming in and playing the best ball of his career. Go figure, right? If,
1: <laughs> if you think about it, if you think about it, and you look at some of the one-year contracts, right, that we have on this team. Uh, AJ? Dane, Dane Jackson right? Dane Jackson, freaking monster. Daquan Jones, monster. Like, I mean, they, these guys are playing the best football mm-hmm. of their career on one-year deals. Um, Leonard Floyd, he's on a one-year deal. Has, he's, he's he's at, what is he at, 10 and a half sacks? Yep. He's at 10, I, don't think he had, I don't think he's had 10 and a half sacks in his career <laughs> in one season. So, yeah. um, But that goes back to position coaches, uh, the general manager, Brandon Bean, and we'll get to the next person that we're going to give flowers to. But, Chris, same question. Describe the 2023
2: season. A roller coaster. Like, up and down. It was up and down for me. Like, one minute we, we riding high and then we lose to teams that, I was like no way. We're losing to the Patriots or we're losing to the Jets. Or the first game I just think it was so high with cuz of Aaron Rodgers, but then when he went down, I was like, "Oh, we better win this game then. We have no we we better not even lose this game. He's out. They momentum is gone. We should win." But this season was a little crazy for me until the second half I had it. I had in my heart that we was gonna beat Kansas City. I knew we can beat Dallas, Uh, and and from there, I just didn't know we was gonna go on this run like that. Like I, I had it in my heart, but I couldn't say it out loud. Like man, we about to go on the run. We about to go on this run. Once we beat Kansas City, I was like, I don't know. We about to make some noise now. Like we beat Kansas City, and now we don't. And then the way we beat Dallas was just—I loved every bit of that. Cause I rubbed every Dallas fan, and I, I, they couldn't even say nothing to me after that game. So it was it's, it's an up and down. But this second half changed my mind. I was like, all right, we might make this little run. We might go ahead and go on this run. But this the, the up and down was definitely a roller coaster for me. Josh was Josh is definitely a roller coaster this season. It, it's just I don't know. But the yeah. defense losing players. Once Milano went down, I was like, oh, God, I don't know what's going to happen with this defense. I don't know. And Vaughn not being Vaughn, I don't know. Like, I'm waiting for this playoff Vaughn to come out. I'm really waiting for it. I'm hoping he show up in this playoffs. I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's one of the
2: contracts
1: that um, looked like a a smart investment last year. When mm-hmm. like a week was it week ten, week eleven, he was sitting at eight and a half sacks. Goes down with an injury, and, and I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. He comes back next year. We get Vaughn back. We're gonna have like, you know, Vaughn will be good, and then we'll, we'll 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 have Trey White, and he'll be he'll be back, and we got all these other guys, Kaya Elam. and these young guys. Like, we're really gonna be good next year, and. Like like you said, man, the roller coaster. We were riding high, blew out the, uh, blew out the 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 Raiders, blew out the Commanders, blew out the uh, Dolphins, and mm-hmm. I mean, we were sitting with the best offense in the league. We were well, we were second, second best offense in the league. Our top three defense. I mean, it, it was just looking great. Trey White goes down in the in the Dolphins game. And then, before you know it, Milano and Daquan Jones are out as well for extensive, extensive. trip to London
0: kind of of put a huge, you know, yes, d- damper on our on our season at that point.
1: So yeah, it killed us. It killed yeah. us, man. It killed us. But roller co- a roller coaster is definitely, uh, it's definitely the 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 best. Probably, uh, definitely a, a great analogy as to what we've been going through, but. I gotta ask you guys now, since we mentioned about, since we talked about position coaches and the general manager, and roller coasters. That can all, all that can be applied to, uh, in my opinion, to Coach McDermott. Uh, I think McDermott has been. Um, I think we started the season with questions about McDermott, and then. He was looking. The team was looking great. He took over the defense. We're like, all right, we can get with this. So we were three and one. we were blowing teams out. And then the bottom fell out with the injuries. The team started losing games they shouldn't have lost. And then it's like, dude, McDermott is screwing us up. Get him out of here. And then and and now here we are. When there's a five in a row, uh, went from eleventh in the conference to number two in the conference. And uh, getting ready to host, uh, hopefully the first of uh, four games uh, left on our season. So, um, Chris, I'm gonna come right back to you. Uh, give McDermott a grade, man. Give give your assessment on Coach McDermott, not for his career, but for the 2023 season.
2: This year, ooh, because hmm. I'm a, I'm 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 a big McDermott fan. When everybody's saying get rid of him. I'm fighting for McDermott. I don't want him to go nowhere. So I'm gonna be I might be biased on this one, but maybe a uh, maybe a B on this one. Maybe cuz I think when I say that because when he took over the defense, Leslie Frazier was good. No disrespect to Leslie Frazier. He just was stuck in his waves. and he didn't want to adjust to Anything he's gonna keep us in this zone and we're gonna stay in this zone forever. And he didn't want to adjust to anything. And I didn't know he was like the last we didn't blitz like that at all. And we really didn't blitz like that at all. I mean, McDermott got us blitzing and everything. And I'm loving it. So I'm gonna go with a B. I'm I'm, I'm gonna do a B. I, I, it might be a little high because I'm being biased because I love McDermott, but I'm gonna go with a B. I'm gonna go with a B with that. I know you are looking like I don't know what that grade, but I. Right.
0: Nah, nah. I mean,
1: like you know, if you give him a B. You give him a B. My grade is a little different, but you know that that's 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 my grade. Uh, hmm. I'll give my grade after after we get through you guys, uh, Randy. Uh, great grade Sean McDermott for the 2023 season so far.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna break this down a little bit. Um, going into this season, you may or may not remember this. I think it's. I don't delete tweets, so it's still out there. But when it was announced that he was taking over the defense, I said, okay. But if it goes bad, he'll have nowhere to hide. He's got no one to blame, no one to scapegoat except for himself if, this, if things don't work out. And then the injuries started picking up. And they actually they got better. And it's, it's an impressive job, the fact that he's held the defense together. Now – on the flip side of that, sometimes his imprint on the offensive game plan drives me nuts. And I think the way that the team is uh perceived to kind of rally around him after the, the go long article has been really impressive. Overall, at this point, I give him like a like a C plus. Um, I think it's at one point in the season I was ready to move on. Uh but I think right now uh he's the right man at the right time. Whether that is something that sticks around going forward, I know he got an extension, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's been a solid C plus season. It could have been a lot better, but things didn't quite go our way, and we had to win five in a row to really make our bones to to get into the playoffs. We shouldn't have never; it should have never been that close. And that's my problem with McDermott. I think that sometimes uh, the team kind of lets down around; they play down sometimes, and they lose games that they shouldn't. And I feel like a lot of times that's a reflection on the head coach. So I can't give him an A, I can't oh. give him a B. A C plus is solid.
1: Okay. So I Randy, before we go over the before we move on to Donna, I, I, I gotta ask you, you said uh, what did you say? I should have wrote it down. Um when you oh you, you said his imprint on the offense drives you nuts what uh,
0: like can you expound
1: on that a little bit yeah
0: it, it, bit. Se- it seems like and again I'm not in the I'm not in the box I'm not in the huddle so I don't you know this is just perception from watching the games it seems like there are times when he wants to kind of slow it down and grind it out a little bit to protect the defense a little bit so they play they play possession game and then leave it to the defense to ride it out at the end. And to me, when it comes to offense, I'm an all-gas guy. I love, you know, just keeping your foot on the gas. The old Belichick axiom of it's not my job to stop my team from scoring, I subscribe to that 100%. You've got a Ferrari out there, (laughs) at quarterback, and there's sometimes where it seems like he intentionally pulls back the reins and says, no, 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 we don't want to score anymore. We're content at 27. It's like, no, man, put up 40 like if you can do it do it. And so that's what frustrates me. I want to score I, I want to win, I want to win blowouts every single week and it it just it's frustrating when they don't. And it seems like the reason the driving force behind that is philosophically coming from the head coach. That's what it that's what it is. Oh,
1: okay. And now Chris, I know you want to I know you want to respond. But we're gonna let Donna go yes. ahead and uh, give her a brief for McDermott, and then we'll uh, we'll go back to you. Now, listen, I I don't want to make this uh, like a space where you know we're, we're a bunch of rebuttals, but um, you are McDermott, you are uh, you are Team McDermott, so you know we'll give you we'll give you an opportunity to respond back. But Donna, can you uh, give Sean McDermott an assessment on? His,
3: his yeah, and I'm. I'm a little closer to Chris on this and um, I'm going to give you my grade, but then you got to let me explain it. Cause I think you guys, some of y'all are going to raise your eyebrows when you hear it. I give him a B plus on the year. Um, you know, there was lots of heat on McDermott this year, rightly so early on um, the criticism was, was earned on his part. and then the Tyler Dunn article came out and that was the peak of the scrutiny of McDermott. I believe it came out like after the, the Denver game when we had the 12 men on the field, that was my lowest point with McDermott. But when that article came out to me, he had two choices and I was very interested to see which way it was going to go. He could either crumble and ultimately lose the locker room or he could take uh. What was out there on the article, take the bye week, do some self-scouting and come out of it, the team, the locker room and himself as a coach stronger. And I think, thank God for the Buffalo Bills. He took the second route. And for me, a lot of what I liked, which raised his grade for me overall in the season, happened after that point in the season. I mean, he fires Dorsey, which is, like, to me, a very un-McDermott thing to do. You know, it was kind of risky, but he did it. He pulled the ripcord on it, and he got rid of him, and that happened to be a huge turning point for the season. He also, in dealing with those injuries that we had, and they were massive, because, you know, Matt Milano is the basis of our defense, right? Like, Mm -hmm. shit is built – excuse me, stuff is built around Matt Milano. So when he went down, it took him a little while to get his footing and how to figure out how to run that defense and it forced him to be creative. And I think he was able to do that, and the defense continued to produce. Um, and and really, towards the end of the season, especially in this last game, really, guys, the, the second half of the Miami game was, was like a masterclass to me. It was perfection. We kept Miami in their explosive offense to 57 total yards of offense in the second half. Um, so I think it's a testament, not only to how the team responded to the article and, and the, the bad results we were getting at a certain point in the season how they responded to McDermott says more about him than the article did, I think, in my opinion, and then, um, just how he, he, he learned. And I think there was some self-scouting going on during that, that bye week, because prior to that, he was making decisions in game that didn't show the proper confidence in his franchise quarterback. And, and in my opinion, uh, applied a confidence to his defense that wasn't really earned at certain points in in these games. And when he came back from the bye, and especially in these, this, this last five game run, um, he's shown confidence in his quarterback. He went for it on fourth, down on his own 35-yard line. That's like so not McDermott. So to me, it shows that he is capable of evolving. He was able to, with his defense, close out games in this, this last stretch when we needed him to. And I think overall, it's a B plus for me. What can I say? The, the thing that remains to be seen on McDermott, guys, is how is he going to handle the big moments in the playoffs? And that's Yet to be determined, but hopefully we can get together uh, in in four weeks or five weeks and give him an A plus because we're your, you know, Super Bowl champions.
1: Very fair, very fair, very fair, and I appreciate the uh, the uh, the explanation behind the crits. Do you want to respond to Randy's assessment of
2: Sean uh, McDermott? Um. The the one thing I I'm maybe I'm confused. When I know when I know Brady is the officer coordinator and McDermott gives the okay for the play. Does does he give the okay for the plays or he let Brady just all right look, this will be running, go with it? Or or McDermott's like, all right, I don't want to run that, run something different. Do McDermott got that type of pull like that? I know he's the head coach, but does he tell the offensive coordinator we're not running that play? We're not going to run
0: that play. I think at certain points in the game, if he hears something and he says, "Uh," uh-uh, he—I mean, it, it's his team, so he yeah. gets—you know—he gets right a first refusal. If Brady—if Brady's like, "We're going to come out throwing," and he's like, "No, we're up, we're up by, we're up by eight, we're going to run the ball because there's six minutes left," you know.
2: Okay. Uh, it's it's. I just want. I mean. This might be off the I don't know I don't know if I can ask access but do you think if McDermott was our defensive coordinator in that Kansas City game in the playoffs you think we would win that game? Yeah. With the how the way he's running the defense now?
0: Yes. Mm,
2: maybe. Uh so
1: I now now I'll give my sense. I I'll give my grade. In my assessment uh, of Sean McDermott, um, I give Sean McDermott an A. Really? And, yeah, I give Sean McDermott an A. You? And, and, yes, me. Yes,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, right, right. Uh, me, exactly. Um, and and this the reason why is at the beginning of the season. If, if I told any of you guys, hey, at the end of the year, Buffalo is going to be the number two seed in the AFC. Josh Chandler is going to have over 40 touchdowns. The defense is going to be uh, a top-10 unit. And we're going to be hosting the seventh seed, potentially, um, you know, potentially a division-round playoff game as well in Buffalo. What would you guys? Would you guys? You guys would all would have signed
3: up, right? Sure, one hundred percent,
0: absolutely. But, but I want to. I want to. are. You, if you had, if you said that, and then at the end you said, however, they had to rattle off five straight wins at the end of the season to get there, <laughs> that would change the opinion, right? Mm-hmm. No, it shouldn't. No, it
1: shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. Let and let me give you an, an analogy, right? What's the difference between, like, if you work, like, you're the boss, right? And you have two employees, right? And one went to college right after high school, finishing four years. The other one went to the military, worked a couple of jobs, didn't really like what they were doing, started a family, plugged away at school, finished and got their degree. Now they're both working for you. Do you care how they got there? Or do you care? what they produce and what their what their out what the output is. Which one's more important? The ad there or
0: what they're doing. I
3: don't, I mean, don't I get care how saying. you get there. Just get there. I get what
0: you're saying. But if you're talking about looking at the season as a whole, you gotta look at the journey and the results.
1: I I am. I am. His job, the coach, the head coach's job is to get us from point A Point B. Now he can't do it on the field, but you look at what we now you can we can bring up the negative. That's easy. We can talk about we can talk about 12 men on the field. We can talk about not really being prepared for um for uh the Patriots in the second half, you know, not being really being prepared for the Patriots. We can talk about how he botched the whole travel situation over to London for the game against the Jags. We can talk about all of that. We can talk about how he benched James Cook for uh, you know a half, and because he fumbled, but he allowed Gabe Davis to continue to play, even though Gabe was the reason that we had an interception in the uh, in the right zone in a game that we needed to win. Uh, cool. We can talk about all that negative negative stuff, but we can, we also can talk about we have to talk all have to take take into consideration the positive. He pushed the buttons when we needed it. The right buttons got pushed when we needed it. We needed to make a change out of Ken Dorsey, he did it. We needed to figure out how to uh, navigate these injuries, he made it happen. He's run cover for this like we can talk about positional coaches and all other stuff. Who hires the positional coaches? That's the coach. That's that coach. He's hand-picking these people. These are his guys. So all the love and praise we give to the players and how, they, how they've gotten it done on the field when we needed it and how we've navigated these injuries. it's been more scheme than it's been talent. Because let's be honest, my lawyer, they're not what they used to be. Mm. Vaughn, a non-factor this year. Non-factor. There is a huge talent drop-off between DaQuan Jones and Ed Oliver and everybody else at defensive tackle. There was a huge drop-off after Terrell Bernard and the rest of the linebackers. Yet, we're here. As a two-seed with a top-ten defense and we lost
0: Three all pros in week between week four and week five. I, that's an A. That's an A. I'm I'm doing an aggregate grade, so the to get to six and six, that's an F for me. The last five weeks yeah. is an A, so I'm putting a dead center at a C. Mm. Yeah, I I I I got you. I understand that,
1: but to get to the last to get to the last five games, right? And we got robbed in in, in Philly. Right? I mean
2: oh. we meant that. We got proud. oh yes. Game. Oh yes. So oh
1: Philly, yes. Philly should have been a win because we got proud yeah.
2: that
1: first half, the game should have been over in the first half. Yes. We should have been up 47 to 3 in the first half. But we got jerked we got we got jerked by the refs. no problem. We can mm-hmm. say it the coaches staff and the players can't because they'll be fine but we can say it. We got church. Um, you go to Kansas City and you beat Kansas City. I don't care what Kansas City's issues are, we beat Kansas City, mm-hmm. right? You you go you, you host Dallas and you you take a top three offense in the NFL and essentially neuter them for three and a half quarters. The only points, the only real points they have are garbage time when your your starters are in ball pass.
0: Probably most impressive performance of the defense the entire year is that Dallas game. That was Yes. Yes. That was incredible. That's what I'm
1: saying. I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to take your aggregate grade and I'm gonna grade it on the curve and give him more points for the second half of the season where we were in a must win against the best talent on the on the, uh, on the the schedule, right? The tougher teams we had came in the second half of the season, and we, and we worked with the year and made it through. And won the division for a fourth year, and, and we're sitting at the two seed, which is something that at the beginning of the year, we knew that this was where we wanted to be, first seed, second seed, in the playoffs, hold some playoff games, playing great football down the stretch, and we
0: are. So i getting that's hot what, at the right, right, time, right. Getting hot at the that's right time. The right it's right important. Right time. And he gets all he get listen, he gets all the credit in the world for this this push getting in the playoffs. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I I got a real problem with the way they botched the first part of the schedule. You know, after when all the injuries started coming in, and you know, not necessarily losing to Jacksonville because they were considered a contender coming in, but the New England game giving up that last that final drive and then Cincinnati and Denver. I mean, man, those are tough to swallow. That Denver game, especially, is really tough to swallow. So look, I, I hope that they can ride it out, go on a nine game win streak and finish this thing off with a title.
2: That definitely that that Denver game and that's I want to beat Cincinnati so bad because I'm so it, it I don't know what defense do we run against this Cincinnati team that we can't stop the wide receivers. I don't understand it. And they throwing it to no-name tight ends every time. I don't even know none of them tight ends over there in Cincinnati, and they killing us every time we play them, every time. And we still can't now, get to the barrels. We still can't get to them. And they ain't got no offense line. Now, now Cincinnati, the Cincinnati game
1: this year was was interesting because – I do think we outplayed Cincinnati. Um, the reason we lost that Cincinnati game was the turnovers. Uh Josh threw a bad pick to uh Cam Taylor Britt, which um kind of gave that kind that put us that put the team in a hole. But the uh the the fumbles to Kincaid, bro, that killed us. Mm-hmm. That killed that drive. We would I mean if Kincaid holds on to that football. We are looking at first and ten inside their thirty, with not a lot of time left in the game. And I mean, we we could have won. I I, I feel like that 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 fumble was the uh, was the was the point. You know, that was the that was the shot that
3: broke the camel's back for that game.
0: But not um, all turnovers are created equal, right? No, <laughs> yeah, no, not, not at all.
3: Um, Can I just say one uh, thing before before we close this yeah. out? On this topic, I heard a lot um, when when things were rough for McDermott. A lot of people say we need an offensive-minded coach. We, you know, with we got Josh Allen, he's a stallion. We need somebody who knows how to use him. And I took a look, and I wrote this down: of all four AFC division winners this season, only one has an offensive head coach. So I don't know. I'm sticking with McDermott. I think he's done. A good job turning the ship around and I'm with you, Whittle. You know, on this one. You know,
0: I, 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 like, I like that. Um where's, where's my loan wolf we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: gonna we're gonna we gonna um, we're going to um set up some a couple of these uh topics in in the interest of time. Uh, and let's just let's just jump right in with um, one of the more polarizing. I mean, we talked about one of the most polarizing coaches uh in the building. Let's talk about one of the most polarizing players, Gabriel Davis. Oh. I didn't understand the uh I, I didn't understand um the selection of Isaiah Hodgins after taking Gabe Davis because I felt like they both kind of did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that Hodgins was a more pro ready receiver when we when we picked him up. Um I knew he was a little slow, uh, as far as like foot speed, but none of that really mattered because he's I mean, I, listen, Isaiah Hodges. We want to talk about hands. Isaiah Hodges has some of the, the I, I think some of the best hands that Buffalo has seen. Um, you know, I, I would put him after like Diggs and Mold's and, and Terrell Owens, like his his hands, in my opinion, his hands have that type of potential. Um so you know, getting Gabe Davis, I didn't I didn't like the way Gabe Davis caught the football. I didn't think Gabe Davis was um, the a great route runner. Like he, he seemed unpolished coming out of school, but the physical tools were there. Like he's not a great separator. But Gabe Davis uses his body so well that when he gets behind, he's like, he's got like sneaky speed and he's got sneaky strength and sneaky athleticism that makes him a very, very difficult, uh, difficult guy to defend. Um, but much like the Bill season, Gabe Davis has been a roller
2: coaster ride. Uh, Donna, what are your thoughts on on Gabe?
3: So uh, you hit it right there in the intro to this topic that his biggest problem is that he is a very high variance player in terms of his production. Um, The thing that that bugs me about this is because Stefan Diggs draws so much attention, right? Because he's wide receiver one and he's amazing. So you expect that your wide receiver two is going to at some point Um, make that extra attention that goes to your wide receiver one cost the defense, right? And he just hasn't been doing that enough. You know, not enough explosive plays. He should be the guy that is getting all the cleanup when, when Diggs is unavailable, and he's not. And that, to me, is the biggest problem. I know that he does a lot of other things in the offense. I know a lot of the things he does are things that don't show up on a stat line. But, you know, if you're wide receiver too, you got to have some more explosives for us. And in terms of him being in a contract year and him wanting allegedly $18 million, I just don't, I don't, I just don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see, it was rumored that he was offered $13 million at the start of the season. I don't, Think he's worth that? To be honest with you, he's a good player in my mind, but not what we need, and uh, that's my problem with Gabe Davis. Now, having said that, he is—if you look at the statistics and all the advanced metrics, as as friends of ours like to remind us—he's in the top thirty of most advanced metrics. And I will point out one thing that might have changed my opinion on him: Josh missed him on two touchdowns in the Kansas city game and in the Eagles game. And like, they were like walking in the end zone touchdowns and Josh just missed him. So he was clearly at the right place. He just was missed. So he's a tough one for me, but I don't think he's worth the $18 million. And I really would like to see him now he's injured, but if he comes back and we're still in this thing, I'd like to see him do something, do something big for us.
1: Uh Randy, same topic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, again, we can go back in time and see that, uh, you know, I've been a big proponent of um, channeling my inner Brandon Bean and saying that Gabe has earned the right to test free agency after this year. And uh, this year has done nothing to change that opinion. You've got 12 games where he's been not under 100 yards, not under 90 yards, but under 80 yards. Um, and that's really th- those those four or five games have really made up the bulk of his production. I mean, hell looking at just looking at the basic sheet, and I know he does more, I know he blocks and does all that good stuff. But I mean, there's you know, there's four games where he didn't put up a single catch, a single yard. As a number two receiver, if you want 18 million dollars a year, that doesn't cut it. I don't care what the excuses are. Schematic, you know, Josh not seeing him not throwing to him, whatever. It it's not a good allocation of assets to put that much money into a guy that can't produce consistently week in and week out. So I like Gabe Davis. I, I don't think it's a lack of effort. I don't think it's a lack of off season work or anything else. I think he's a, I think he's a, an above plus or above average player maybe. Um, but I don't think he's worth number two money. So for me, I'd be okay with letting him walk after this year.
2: Chris, Agreed.
0: You already know what I'm thinking. Now, he
2: got to go. Um, I'm, he got to go. I I don't care if he go to the Giants over there with his old offensive coordinator. He can go. Gabe has made me. I'm I'm thinking after the Kansas City game, we thought we had something. Like all right, he gonna be a problem. And then he's they last year. What he was hurt a little bit. Had a couple of good games, and then this year you just completely disappear, and then you can be like, "Oh, Josh, don't look at him." No, Josh throws you the ball, you just be dropping them, and he can go. I'm 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 fine with it. I, I I'm I'm not even gonna miss him Sunday. I'm not gonna miss him at all. I, I'm I'm really not. I I think he can go. He's definitely not worth no 18 million dollars. He definitely ain't worth 13 either. He can go. I want Mike Evans. That's who the Bills need to go get. Mike Evans. That's who I want. McDermott, make that move. Go get Mike Evans. I'm just saying, that's just me. But Gabe can go. All right. Um,
1: well, to just to that that point there, like Mike Evans, is not happening. That's the way that the salary cap is set up. That Mike Evans situation. The only way Mike Evans happens is if Diggs is part of that deal and Diggs is in Tampa Bay and we get Mike Evans. Um, so I, and I definitely don't want that. I think Stefan Diggs is a much, much more, uh, a much more complete wide receiver for, especially for the offense that we run. Um, my opinion on Gabe Davis is that I don't think Gabe Davis is worth $18 million a year. I think he's worth more than 13 I believe that we have been using Gabe Davis wrong ever since he became wide receiver number two. Now, hear me out on this. Gabe Davis is not a burner. He is not a. He is a guy that he, he can. He can give you big plays down the field. But if you go back and actually watch the plays down the field that Gabe Davis has, they're either schemed up or something happens to where he's just all alone. Like whether it's Josh breaks containment, the defense reacts to that, game sneaks behind the defense, throw, catch, run, touchdown. Or... Gabe wins off the line. He's so strong. Somebody tries to jam him. It doesn't work. They're not that the position. Gabe is down the field. Once Gabe is by and past you, you're not catching up. Like, it's just – the only reason Sauce was able to make a play on Gabe Davis last year is because Sauce is, like, 6'4". And he's got elite – he has elite speed. Like, Sauce ran a 4 – what did he ran a four three eight or four three nine? Like he ran something crazy. Where Gabe is like a four five six guy, 5, five. Um, So
2: you didn't think Josh but, threw it short?
1: No, no, the ball. No, no. You go back and watch that play against the Jets in Matt Life. That ball, that ball, he gave it in, in the numbers, bro. It literally, it literally hit him in between the thirteen. I promise you. It hit him in between the thirteen. Go back and watch it. I promise you, you'll go back and pull it up on YouTube, slow it down, or whatever, or NFL Plus, or whatever you slow it down, and you'll see it. I'm, I'm telling you, it hit him directly in the chest. Um, but Sauce was able to catch out because Sauce is an elite athlete. Um, I think we've been using Gabe Davis wrong. Um, let's talk about wide receiver two in this offense uh, since Josh Allen has been here. Um year one, I believe wide receiver two was Zay Jones for a little while. Then it ended up being like Robert Foster. Um it was like wide receiver. Actually, I think wide that he became wide receiver one. So it was like Deontay Thompson was uh wide receiver two. But if you go back and and, and you look at that, how we use those guys, um a lot of curls, a lot of you know, uh, in routes over the middle of the field, a lot of deep, deep comeback routes to the, to the outside. Um, and and that's how we used the wide receiver, too. When Dane Ball came in, became the offensive coordinator, S- similar things with uh, Cole Beasley, short slants, um, you know, um, short hitch, route, hitch routes over the middle of the field, um, you know, quick outs, things like that. Stuff that, that, that got you open kind of quick and allowed you uh, allowed the receiver to um get his hands on the football and become a target very very quickly. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, same thing. We did the same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. You know, Emmanuel Sanders rarely ran the deep ball, and when he did run a deep ball, it was schemed up, and you know Josh hit him, touchdown, big play, perfect. Um, but the majority of his work was working underneath other routes. You know, twelve yard, twelve yard play, twelve yard plays here and there. He was a chain mover. Um, aside from Beasley, he was the guy that you know we went to because Digs was getting uh, double teamed. The offensive line sucked, so we had to get the ball out quick. And that's what they did. They got the ball out quick and they and they got it to Emmanuel Sanders out on the perimeter. We should be using Gabe the same way. I think the game's hands have become in, are inconsistent, so they don't use him like that. But at the end of the day, um they they should. Oh, sauce so is a four four one. Okay, so yeah, right there, right there. But that I mean it's still, you know, that's still really, 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 really fast. Uh, especially for a guy six that at that size like that's that's quick. Um but I just think we're using Gabe Davis wrong. Uh Gabe should be getting to be getting used as a underneath um as an underneath route as a, one of the underneath routes. Uh when you're sending digs down down the um when you're sending digs down the field or when you're sending Shakir on a deep post. Um those those are the times where where Game should be an outlet route, and we don't use them that way. Um, when Gabe got, got out of the game when he got hurt against Miami, I thought the offense functioned better, I thought it looked better, I thought it was uh more fluid. Uh, with Gabe on the sideline, um, in the second half of that game, and it was because of the way that Sherfield was being used, Sherfield was being used quick in route. You know, over the middle of the field, but about ten yards away from the line of scrimmage. That's where we were hitting. That's where we were hitting that guy. We should be doing the same thing with Gabe. But I do agree, Gabe has earned the right to test free agency. And if he was to find a suitor out there, which I think he will, um, you know, that's it's better for him. Um, we will miss him, but I, I'm the way the salary cap is set up. it, it – it probably is time to move on and get uh get cheaper at wide receiver number two.
0: Um and the other the and, other side of that Whittle is the fact that Kincaid has really taken over that that second in, in targets and receptions role. So to replace Gabe Davis, you don't necessarily need a quote unquote traditional wide receiver two. You can draft a guy, let's whoever your whoever your fancy is, whether it's Malik Neighbors or you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. if they go up that high, or Xavier Legette, my guy personally, you know, whoever, you can draft a guy and put him in that role because realistically, he's gonna be like the third or fourth target option starting off as a rookie and then might progress higher. There's no pressure, there's not a lot of pressure there to bring in somebody on a much cheaper deal and get in production out of it. So, so it's kind of a our
2: no- money, is our money that bad that we can't really spend this off season?
0: It's it's more no, no,
1: about no,
2: we could right
1: exactly. Uh it's about it's about being it's about being responsible. You don't spend it just because you have it. You spend it because you need to spend it. And we don't need to spend it at wide two right now. Because we still think have of, I mean, think about, digs. Think of,
0: yeah I mean think about it like this. Y- yeah you could you could Get day, get gay back, you know, for whatever his tag is. But you also got to think about replacing both safeties. You know, Hoyer yeah. definitely needs to be replaced. Hyde with his next stuff that's been going mm-hmm. on. you got to look at getting both of them out. you got to re-sign Daquan Jones. You probably want to try and re-sign A.J. Epinesa. I mean, there are, there are other priorities. We know Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott value the trenches. They value the defensive line. And they definitely value the secondary. So you factor everything in, take the whole picture, and where does paying Gabe Davis fall versus all these other things that we have to take care of? And to me, the easiest solution is let him test free agency, draft a guy behind him. There's not a lot of pressure because he's not going to be the target one or the target two. And the way Shakira's progressing, he's not the target three either. So it just makes the most sense to me. It's the smartest way to go about it. What
2: Shakir's? Ca- I'm I'm confused because Shakir catches then everything Josh throws. Why is it that Gabe can't catch everything Josh, thro- Josh throws? I'm sorry, that Josh should be throwing because Shakir catches everything, and I'm I'm, I'm confused. Right. Like Gabe, I know your hands is decent, but when Josh hit you, you are dropping them. Shakir hits, he gets it all the time, and he's I'm getting not- open. Why is it hard for him to get open?
0: Some guys are just natural catchers, man. I think Shakir has a more natural – I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. I think he catches the ball more naturally than Gabe does. Sometimes it looks like Gabe's fighting the ball, you know, to bring it in. Yeah. I Whittle, yeah, about it too. yeah. It's the
1: way that Gabe positions his hands and when he catches the football that causes some problems, in, in my opinion. Um, but I, I, I still think that – I still think the game is going to go someplace and going to end up being a 70 to 80 catch guy, 1,100, 1,100 yards, like nine touchdowns. I really, really do. Because I think somebody's going to you I think somebody's going to see him as the big body receiver that he is and say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to use his big body over the middle of the field. In short areas and in intermediate areas, where if I'm going to force corners to tackle him, and if they can't tackle him, he's going to have some yak opportunities. So I think he's going to go someplace or rack opportunities, run right after the catch. So I think he's going to uh, go someplace and and be and be pretty good. Um, but but we're not going to miss. We're not going to miss what he. Wow, this is kind of a nasty way to. I like. We're gonna miss. I, I'm going to miss Gabe Davis. I'm not necessarily going to miss his production or his uh, his contribution to the passing game. Like I think he's a good player. I think it's we a juice
0: versus the squeeze thing, man. I mean, yeah, we
1: can we can get we. I think his targets can go to other guys, and then like you said, draft a draft a uh, elite speed guy that really what this offense is missing is Isaiah McKenzie. That's really what this offense has been missing. Oh uh, yeah. I know you are you are Leggett. I, I like Leggett. I gotta I gotta watch more of his, his film man. I, I feel like sometimes he moves a little robotic. Um, I, I'll be very interested to watch him uh uh at the at the senior bowl. I'll be very interested to watch him uh in the combine I wanna see what his shadow and his comb look like. Um, and then when he runs that wide receiver gauntlet, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. I know it's 40 times. I know it's 40 times is going to be amazing. I'm not worried about that at all. But four oh, um, two nine, baby. Four two nine. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna run faster. He's gonna run faster than that. I think he'll drop a little weight and he'll. He may run. A, he, may, he may run a couple of um, hundreds faster. I'm, I'm looking for him.
0: No, it's hilarious. It's absolutely. Hilarious. Oh, really?
1: Oh gosh, I got it. Now now that's what I'm gonna do as soon as we get out of here. I'm gonna go go look for Xavier uh X uh talk. Um but I want to give uh I want to start off only give uh I want to thank you all for coming in. Um we do have a couple more um topics, but in the interest of time, I, I want to stick to as close to the hour as possible. We are at 105 45 right now, so uh just a little bit over. But I want to stick to the hour, so we're gonna to have to forego the next two topics and, and bring those back next week with mm-hmm. the uh, next batch of uh, uh, panel contributors. Uh, I thank you. I thank you all for uh, joining me. Uh, thank you, Donna. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Randy. Um, final word, Donna. I'm gonna give you guys each an opportunity uh, for a few final words. Donna, do you have anything that you'd like to share?
3: Yeah, my final my final thoughts are that. Uh, Listen, we punched our ticket. We've got a tremendous opportunity in front of us on Sunday to beat the Steelers and go on to likely uh, face Kansas City at home and exercise some demons there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really looking forward to it. I think this could be our year, although I say that every year (laughs) as a disclaimer. But I think that the way things are shaping up, if we play our best ball, uh, coming up here, we got a real shot. So, and go Bills.
0: Bills. Uh, Randy,
3: yours,
0: my fight. And I'm excited for Sunday. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for this playoff game. I think it's going to be uh, a great game. I think it's going to be a great game for us, at least. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a magical run this year. I'm really excited about the way these playoffs are going to shake out. Um, and hopefully it ends with it, you know, with raising a trophy. Uh something that for a long time I didn't think I'd ever see. So we'll uh we'll go into it and and hope for the best. But I'm I'm excited for it, man. It's uh it's been a long season finally for it uh to, to be at this point is pretty cool. Um Chris. I'm I'm
2: definitely ready for Sunday. I'm ready to Ooh, this weather going to be crazy, but I'm ready for us to to do what we got to do. Last time we was in the snow, we didn't look good. This, 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 uh, we home. We need to go win this game. Let's embarrass Pittsburgh. Let's win this. Let's go to the next round and do what we got to do. But I'm definitely ready for Sunday. I I know everybody think Pittsburgh going to be the team to upset us. I don't see that happening. But Josh, play smart. That's it. Play smart, Josh. Don't be Superman, Josh. I need you to play smart, Josh. That's that's the, that's the only thing I want. Play smart. Don't overthink. That's it. Just play your game. Just don't throw no interceptions Sunday, please. Just don't. Nothing stupid. No dumb interceptions, please. Yeah. Uh,
1: and, and with that, the... Uh the panel has spoken. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, who joined us. I would like to thank those who are listening, and um, definitely be back. Uh, this episode will drop on Friday at uh, at, at at noon, and um, definitely look forward to uh, more episodes uh, like this discussing more bills topics. Um, so thank you, thank you guys again for being the uh, the initial panel on Rumblings from the Herd, uh, and this is the segment that we're going to continue. Thank you all again, and we will be in these things off the Coast Coast Network the same way always with Go Bills. Good night, everybody.
2: Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.